Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Kinjas Podcast. Today we speak with David Choi, very, very talented singer, songwriter, producer. He's traveled all over the world. I'm sure you've heard his music. Really cool conversation with David. Uh, what's also really cool to see about him is that I realize he's not a superhuman. We talk with all these talented people, and it's really encouraging to know that, like, man, everybody has a story that's very similar. It's hard work and time and patience and grit to fight it out. And so um, talking with David, he just kind of goes into, you know, the history of how music entered his life and uh, his road to get to where he's at and even um, how he's evolving now uh, from music being something in the forefront to not being his main thing and and just kind of seeing how he's able to take uh, where he's at in life and seeing the things that he's passionate about now and kind of shift his focus. So another really, really good conversation uh, with him. I think whether you're into music or whether you're into dance, like every episode that we do here I think is relatable to every other person in every any kind of industry um, because every it's the human experience and I think it's really cool to be able to get different perspectives so this one's really great guys I'm really excited for you to listen to this one uh, make sure you guys go check out store.kinch.com we are sponsored by ourselves at Kinesthetic we like to you know we like to rock our gear and we hope you guys like it too we got some new stuff out there we got new tea designs we got a new spring line coming out in march um new items that are dropping new items that have never been dropped before so you guys need to check that stuff out and uh we have vibe dance competition 2019 coming up pre-sales for those exclusive kinjas times vibe dance competition shirts go up on sale pre-sales are on sale 219 february 19 through uh they will go all the way up until vibe which is march 31st so make sure you get your pre-sales because if you wait for the show they might be sold out so don't sleep and kinjas will be rocking the stage at vibe so we will see y'all there let's get into this episode y'all Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. We're your hosts, Ben, and we got Charlie back there, but he doesn't have a mic. He's handling the, the sound, and we got Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey, guys. He's back there. <laughs> um, Mike Fowl's not here, but we got, you know, the, the squad is up in here. Uh, folks, today, so excited to have my good friend David Choi up in here. David is a singer, songwriter, producer. Uh, you can find his music all over YouTube. Uh, this dude, you have 125 million plus views on YouTube. It's freaking wild, man. Um, toured all over the world, uh, all as an independent rec- recording artist. That's that's tight. And um, my favorite thing about him, he is one fifth of the world famous K-pop sensation BGA. Yeah. Welcome, David. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, Good to man. Be here. Last time you were here was when you guys shot the BGA thing. We we're just yeah, talking about that. that it's crazy. Um, I can't believe it was like three years ago. That was three years ago. This place has been open for three years. That's what's wild. Yeah. And like we're already like having to, you know, renew our lease and so much change is happening, man. We mm-hmm. got leaks in the ceilings and I don't know if Damn. I'm supposed to say that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it rains and LA is not built for rain for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, dude, what's up, man? Thanks for coming through, bro. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. good to be here. Um, I've always respected what you guys have built and, and what you guys have done. Um, 
I always wish I was a dancer. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I can't dance. You, ha- you, There has to have been an episode of your life where, you, where you've danced at least a little bit. I, I feel da- like every oh, I, Asian kid I do dance. It. I try. Okay. I, you know, when I'm home alone and no one's watching, <laughs> I just go all out. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I'll do that. I'm word, sure word. people okay, can relate well, to that. Okay, well, you chose not to go the dance route. You went the music route. You went the music route. So give us a little bit of a background. Uh, like, well, first, like, where did you grow up? Where are you from and all that? And yeah. then... Um, yeah, like how music kind of entered the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in, I was born and raised in Orange County, um, born in Anaheim. Um, I also came up to L.A. every weekend as a kid because uh, my mom had friends up here. So, um, you know, I grew up in both O.C. and L.A. Um, my parents own a music store, uh, selling instruments. Tight. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of grew up having music all around me. I never really appreciated it as a child, as a, as a was kid growing up. Was there like the up. first starting instrument? Was it piano? Yeah, of course. Okay. Korean. Yeah. Um, Classic. You play violin and piano uh, if you're a Korean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I had, to, <laughs> I had to play. I was forced to play it at the age of five. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely hated it growing up, mm-hmm. but it was just something that I had to stick with. Um, otherwise, I would see a stick. <laughs> <laughs> but did, was there any point of it that you actually or at what point did you start enjoying it because you you obviously stuck with it i right? never enjoyed it even still um now i kind of do okay. so it's one of those things where i'm like i wish i was like really forced to practice yeah and uh you know because it's something that i always hear from a lot of people around my age and even even older like I wish I stuck with an instrument. Right, right. So I'm definitely thankful for that. Um, but I wish I practiced more. Yeah. Because if I did, I would be, you know, I'd be really good. Yeah. Um, but what I fell in love with uh, was songwriting at the mm-hmm. age of 16. Um, that's when I started producing and, and learning how to how that industry worked um, and just started trying to hone my craft at that age. That's dope. Um, before that, I was just addicted to video games and, yeah. you know. Yeah, hanging isn't? out with friends i've always been curious so like i mean i think it's a very kind of common tale for us as asian kids especially like we're forced to play these instruments for whatever reason my parents never forced well they tried to force me mm-hmm. and it just didn't work i was just that one rebellious kid out of like my brother and sister they they all played my sister played piano flute clarinet my brother did piano violin and then I did nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my parents like tried to make me, and I fully regret like them not you know making really making me do it. Yeah. But so you know every like a lot of my friends who kind of grew up like that, they they started playing the instruments, and then some of them stopped. Um, but then the ones who continued on, uh, like they all say that they you know they don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for yourself, at what point did you go from just you know learning and and then playing instruments and just kind of doing the music thing like hey i know how to play an instrument to be like hey i actually want to create music and i want to write my own music like what was the switch or what inspired that yeah um no that's a great question so i discovered songwriting um when, like i said when i was 16 i was in my uh, history class and this kid brought in a cd at that time you know people listen to cds, yep. CDs and baby. uh they he popped it in there and he he started playing like this techno music (laughs) yeah it was techno and i was like he was like yeah i made this music and in my mind at that time when i was observing him i was like wait i i didn't really realize you can create music Mm. 
because in my mind I was always creating melodies. I didn't know that was songwriting. Right, right. But but I uh, I heard that and then I went home that night and I started working on music. I had like a keyboard at home. Um, I had a cassette uh, recorder and I started recording some piano music and I even notated everything too, mm-hmm. composed it. Um, and that's kind of what got me hooked actually. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy how I went from you know, being a, a typical teenager into video games, you know, I could I I could play video games for ten hours straight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think a lot of kids at that age. Yeah. Um, but then it immediately switched to an obsession for music, mm. music creation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it just takes finding uh, what you're into. Yeah. For that, you know, passion to kind of just yeah. spark. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah. So for your parents, I'm sure they were stoked on the fact that you stuck with it and then like you kind of found your 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 own personal lane with it too, right? No, not in the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I mean, there's a couple things that I just remember in my, you know, my parents saying and um, so my dad's actually a really great singer and he's more of a musician mm-hmm. um, in the family. My mom is more on the art side. Um, and she's kind of like the head of our household. Yeah. Um, I remember two things that were, were said to me that always stuck with me on one side is my mom saying, um, you know, if you choose to do music, your life's going to be really difficult. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Like your dad's life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of something that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other side, my dad said, um, if you choose anything in life, um, just try to be the best you can at that one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that something someone will never be able to take away from you. Right. And it's a skill that you can take on for the rest of your life. Yeah. So hearing those two, I wouldn't call them polarizing things, but, um, just those, those two statements, it kind of stuck with me. And, um, I think that's partially where a little bit of the obsession came into mm-hmm. into play mm-hmm. because I really wanted to become the best at my craft, mm. um, and also pay attention to how the business side of it works too. Mm. I think that that really helped me in in my entire life. Actually, yeah. What was that, like your first uh, musical project that you felt like you were kind of trying to package something to present to the world? Um, so the first thing was. Uh, I would say it was a, um, a contest in high school. Okay. So it was a, a, the theme was I'm really happy when dot dot dot, mm. and I wrote this song called I'm really happy when, and uh, it it like moved on to to winning um, like the the county level uh, contest. Okay. And I think that's when I got my first like oh wow like I could I could do this, mm-hmm. and from there um, I started just entering a bunch of contests online. And, um, like I, it was mostly for me to prove to myself that I could do this. Mm-hmm. Having heard these statements, right. Like, sure. um, that it's going to be really difficult life if you don't, you know, succeed in this. Right. So, um, you know, when I was in high school, I won a couple pretty major contests. One was, uh, a contest for USA weekend magazine, wow, which was cool. a pretty big magazine yeah. back then. And, um, you know, I, I won Usher. Uh, chose my lyrics. It was a lyric contest. <laughs> yeah. And I got to hang out with him for a day. And tight. I was in a magazine with him and That's stuff. That's so tight. And then a month later, I won uh, a remixing contest 
so a lot of people don't know this about me, but I actually started with electronic music okay. before I started doing any other type of music. Dang, that's tight. Uh, so I won a mashup <laughs> contest for David Bowie and, and when I was a senior in high school, and I won a car, an Audi TT at the You time. won a car in high school? I won a car. <laughs> I already had that's a dope. Honda Civic, but um, you know, I, I asked the, the contest uh, organizers, I was like, can I just take the cash instead they're like here's here's 30 grand already so i got 30 grand (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i invested all i gave some to my parents obviously Mm -hmm. and then um i invested the rest of it into like musical equipment that's dope so okay now we're getting into like the the business entrepreneurial side of david Choi. so um did you what what anything from your parents like kind of mentoring you on like a business type of uh, mindset at that age too like were they seeing what was happening with you and your music and how you were kind of getting yourself out there and were they kind of coaching you with like okay here's what you need to do now now that you're making some money and like mm-hmm. here's what you should do to invest in yada 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 was that kind of going on on the side too man i i really wish they did <laughs> um but they didn't uh-huh um i think from my parents perspective I and mean, this isn't something that i've spoken to them about I think it might be that maybe they just didn't want me working Mm. because they, you know, owned and operated a business. And I think, you know, I I think when you have kids, I I don't have kids, but I'm I'm just trying to see it from their perspective. Maybe it was like, I don't want my child to work as hard as I do. Mm -hmm. It could, it could be that. I don't Mm. know if it's true, but that's kind of what I sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do wish that they mentored me in terms of like business and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was a very independent person even growing up, and I think a lot of these principles of, of business and you know how to operate things and um, you know that sort of education came from me just going out and learning on my own. Um, Did you have any siblings? Younger sister. Younger sister. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Um before let's say you know as a kid growing up i mean music was probably not the plan in terms of a professional career did you have something else that you thought you were going to pursue when i was when i turned 16 when i turned 16 and um i discovered songwriting and, and producing uh you know i was kind of experimenting for i would say about a year mm-hmm. of obsessive experimenting uh, after that, and then winning some of the contests, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. This is what I'm going to choose. Uh, I don't have a backup plan. Um, I need to make this happen, mm-hmm. or I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty relentless, um, even right after high school, because um, I did research on the internet, and I read a, you know, I was actually really into Tony Robbins as well. Mm, He's a yeah, big motivational yeah, speaker. Yeah, <clears throat> And one of the things that he said was that the blueprint for anything you want to achieve in life is already out there. Hmm. If you want to be a dancer, you want to be a professional dancer, you want to be a professional musician, professional songwriter, producer, someone has already done it. You want to be an astronaut. There's, there are steps that they took to get to where they were. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me, and I, I, I followed that, that path. So I read a bunch of books about how producers and songwriters – um, became professional, mm. you know, professionals in their industry. And the common thread that I, I saw was that you need to intern at a recording studio. So that's mm. what I did right out of high school. I remember okay. going online and looking for studios to intern at. Yeah. Um, 
I wrote this particular studio that I actually did intern at, and I wrote, um, I'll do whatever it takes for me to get the internship. Mm-hmm. I will clean the toilets with the toothbrush if you want me to. <laughs> yeah. I will do it. Yeah. And they, they said, all right, come out. Yeah. Um, it was in North Hollywood at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, an hour drive there and yeah. another hour drive back down. Right. And I was going to community college at the same time studying music business um, with the hopes of transferring over to USC okay. for music business. Mm-hmm. So I made it actually... Going back to your original question, I did make a decision in that moment, um, you know, when I was 17 to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So, okay. So you're, you're in school, you're interning. Uh, was this like a free, free internship unpaid? Yeah. It was actually a really bad internship. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. I, yeah. I will say that, but you know, they were kind of racist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I was called everything like chink, gook, yeah. like wow. all these things. Yeah. Um, but I was at that time. I was also very shy. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't really talk much. Mm-hmm. I, you know, good Asian kid. Like, yes, I will do that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did that for three years. You did that for three years. I was there for three years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It well, wasn't me- my full time thing because mm-hmm. I was going to school um, at the same time. But I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. <clears throat> what made you stick around for three years? Like after feeling like, I'm sure you probably saw that it was whack from jump. So like, what made you feel like I need to stick this out? I think I, I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't have any other options. Mm. Um, it was, it was tough. It was tiring. I was always wondering, are they going to pay me someday? Are they yeah. going to, you know, hire me for anything? Yeah. Um, I even remember composing for them, um, which ended up being in some TV shows. Wow. Uh, without... <laughs> getting credited wow which is super messed up dang um, okay so <clears throat> in terms of the music industry i think i i paid my dues yeah <laughs> um what was your exit from there like was there um yeah. you know a certain event or mm-hmm. i mean as detailed as you want or as vague as you want but i mean like yeah yeah how'd you get um, out of that i so even while i was at the internship i was looking for other opportunities mm-hmm. i even went to other studios to see if i can intern there um and, and, you know, they weren't accepting any. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on this website, ASCAP, which is a performance rights organization yeah, yeah. that pays people for radio airplay. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing a workshop. So I applied for it uh, and I got in. Tight. So that was, um, it's called the Lester Soul Workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I submitted my music and they selected 15 people out of a few thousand applicants around wow. the United States. Tight. And I went. And, and did this workshop and uh at the end of it you know one of the people running it was the vp of the senior vp of publishing at warner chapel music mm-hmm. it's a big publishing company that still exists and she was like hey david why don't you uh, come by the office and play me some some stuff mm-hmm. and so i did um and and, and she was like david i want to sign you as a writer producer sick um, and I was like, this is what I've been working towards. Wow. Yeah. All right, so three years at this whack <clears throat> internship to finally ending up at Warner Chapel. Well, no, I will say this. So I was, even at during Warner Chapel, I mm-hmm. was going there. So that's, that's what includes the three years. Ah, got it. Yeah. Got it, okay. I was at Warner Chapel for two years, writing songs for, you know, artists. So a lot of artists out there, they don't, I mean, back then they didn't really write their own songs, mm-hmm. um, and publishers would get this pitch sheet. It's called with like Backstreet Boys coming out with a new 
single or new album looking for singles sounds like x artist mm-hmm. or this song mm-hmm. so there's a there was a whole list of that from people on like the disney channel um you know i remember at that time celine dion was working on something mm-hmm. so like constantly they just come through and as a writer you just try to write songs that you feel they would want to cut right. basically right um so that was my job for two years um and during when i got signed that's when actually youtube started mm-hmm in 2005 got you yeah and then you just started um putting music out through the youtube platform from there yeah, so i i started youtube in 2006 okay it was my second year of being signed to warner chapel mm-hmm. and you know at that time youtube was was wasn't really that popular mm-hmm. it wasn't mainstream it was popular but it wasn't mainstream yeah um you know i was one of the first like people on the platform i got lucky yeah uh but i was also prepared having that experience um like producing and writing sure so that was like a that was just like more of a fun hobby Mm -hmm. that i did Mm -hmm. yeah i want to kind of uh, touch on um your process because i'm always interested in the process of like how did you like get to like where you're at today right ultimately that's kind of what this show is about Mm -hmm. um you know so paying your dues um you know, being at a place where you didn't like the working conditions that sounded horrible. Um, I'm sure through that, whether you directly or indirectly learn something from that, you did gain something. Like if anything, it's, you know, you gained the knowledge of, okay, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be someplace else. And um, even from what you're talking about, like, you know, like enduring through like, you know racism and stuff like that like it it builds um you know it builds your character uh you know it builds thicker skin and i guess a stronger resolve for yourself to be like okay i need to get out of this and um i'm gonna get myself to the place that i actually want to be and so all the while through the the thick of just like the storm of all the whack stuff you didn't give up because there was a greater purpose for why you were doing it in the first place. Like it wasn't just like, ah, oh, this is hard. It's hard. like, I don't like how I'm being treated. I'm going to quit mm-hmm. this thing. And, um, it's always those people who can weather those storms and then still fight and still try to find different avenues while going through all that crap. And then you'll finally through that hard work, um, you'll get your break you'll, or you'll get your opportunity to, to get in front of the right person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's always that that amount of time in that you know the beginnings of that internship i'm pretty sure you didn't like i know warner chapel's coming so i'm just gonna wait it out oh, you're just yeah. like i don't even know if that exists like i don't even know that i didn't even know what it was exactly <laughs> right like so it, it like as it is in life and we don't need to get like too philosophical about this but it's this concept of you know there are good things that come and you can't see it from where you're standing because it's just so far down the road that like mm-hmm. I can't see it but like I'm determined to stay on this road because um I love what I do and I believe in it and I'm gonna make it work and I believe that I have the skills to get there right mm-hmm. um and it's weird too though because like as you're developing 
you know, we look at the people who, you know, we look at the ushers and the whoever's like, dang, like, what does it take to be an usher? And even as like dancers, people may look up to, you know, who have you as our favorite choreographer. And, you know, people may look up to Kinjas like, dang, how am I ever going to, you know, get to that level to open up a studio or yada, yada, yada. But like, um, you have to look at the path and the journey and the, the years that it's taken to mm-hmm. grind your way to um, get to that place without giving up, you yeah. know? Um, so that's dope, man. Um, so with the, yeah, as you talk about YouTube, because I, yeah, YouTube is like the phenomenon that just changed the world as yeah. far as I'm concerned, right? You know, mm-hmm. like literally anybody can get their their work out there and for the entire world to see. Yeah. And yeah, you were a part of like that OG, like first generation group of it. Um, so for yourself as like a musician, because I know that there was like, there's like, you know, there's sketch comedy bits to, you know, things like that, that we're kind of living on there and dance videos. Um, what was it like to be a part of like that first generation of that, the YouTube boom? It was super exciting. Um, you know, when I started, it was at a time when you, if you had a video, if you had a webcam and you were just showing yourself in a bedroom, nobody really did that. Mm. It was, that was, that was new and mm-hmm. fresh in mm-hmm. the world. It was like, whoa, this what is this guy doing in a bedroom like talking about stuff like <laughs> yeah. that was weird back then yeah um so it was really all very exciting you know there was no monetization program so mm. no one was doing it for the money um it was just like a it was a wild wild west it was yeah. uh it was amazing like you know the way that i used youtube at that time you know i wasn't actually trying to be an artist i was i still wanted to be a writer producer mm-hmm. because i didn't want to be that front man ever Mm -hmm. you know i still feel uncomfortable being that guy Mm -hmm. right even though i've been pursuing it yeah yeah um but it was a way for me to kind of put my music out there and see how people reacted to it so that i could become better for myself Mm -hmm. become a better songwriter Mm -hmm. um, get those cuts on on at warner chapel yeah that was my intention but that actually turned into like a following um you know i got featured on the home page very early on and uh, that was crazy because, you know, I got like half a million views in a week <laughs> and a bunch of friend requ- requests on MySpace, MySpace back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was crazy. And uh, and it was just like a weird time. It was, yeah. it was when a lot of shifts were happening, uh, not only in society, like, uh, but also with like the music industry, too. Mm-hmm. Like that's when the label started decreasing in size. They started laying people off because... Mm-hmm. That's also when the iPod came out too. Mm. In digital music, um, no CDs were becoming slowly becoming obsolete because yeah. of because of iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, people started instead of buying albums, they would buy singles. Right. Record labels weren't used to that, so they were like, "Oh my gosh, what do we do? We're not making mm-hmm. as much money anymore. We got to mm-hmm. start firing people." And at that time, like I was still at Warner Chapel, and after my contract ended, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to find other deals. Mm-hmm. So I went to like Disney, I went to, you know, Bug Music, a lot of different other publishers, Sony, and they weren't signing anyone because it was like this shaky time and those people didn't even know if they were going to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. So um, it was like, you know, a very exciting time and also yeah. a weird time. Yeah. So I think that's why I kind of kept YouTube mm-hmm. um, as one of my platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it like turned into a, like an actual YouTube channel. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause yeah, like you said, B- YouTube was like this new thing, Wild West. 
Um, so there's no monetization program at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's cool about when new things pop up, you know, because it's like you nobody knows what this is and what it could be. And then and then like, man, it just blew up, you know, and then, um, yeah, like the whole monetization started and people started making a ton of money off of mm-hmm. that. Right. So um, was that your uh biggest uh way for you to kind of get your music out like to the rest of the world yeah youtube was a worldwide platform mm-hmm. i mean it is yeah um and it was crazy for me to see responses from all around the world mm. you know um i'm just this like shy dorky kid in my bedroom making music yeah and like you know i record on a webcam from my laptop and i get a lot of views and responses from yeah. like just everywhere it was is a really it, it sounds normal now but it's you know for for youtubers but um it was really strange mm-hmm. and it didn't seem real to me actually mm-hmm. um i know they were response from people but i was like this is not real yeah did you yeah. ever get approached by like a record label to be a mm-hmm. recording artist yeah i've been approached by a lot of labels yeah um in korea in america um virtually every um like singing competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I never really did any of those things. Mm. Why did you choose to remain independent? I think because I, I'm a control freak hmm. in terms of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most artists are. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's creative, you know, you don't want to give away your work. Yeah. Um, you know, if you create an art piece, like why, why would you want to give it to someone else? Right. Um, and I, I wanted to control the direction and, you know, I've heard a lot of stories too about artists, you know, um, getting screwed over by their labels or mm-hmm. managers and things like that. Um, so that's why I really educated myself and also, you know, because I've heard so many stories, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to run this label myself. Yeah. And, and I did, and um, I don't regret any of it. I mean, you just have to do a lot more work for yourself then, right? Because, yeah. I mean, like, you're literally making every single decision from the shows that you do to how your music is handled to mm-hmm. booking and all that kind of stuff. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm sure you probably brought managers and stuff along mm-hmm. the way for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, I guess, like, uh, how have you seen the the landscape change? I mean, you know, now YouTube has been around for years, uh, and then there's things like Instagram that's, mm-hmm. you know, huge now. And, and like, um, I understand that even the YouTube video game is kind of, um, I guess the effectiveness of it has changed because now Instagram video is there and stuff like that. So for yourself as an artist, um, kind of evolving as the times go, mm-hmm. uh, how have you kind of seen the landscape change and how has that kind of affected your, your career and like even the moves that you're making now? Yeah, well, um, I think... Because I've seen so many changes throughout the past, you know, ten plus years, um, what what I've boiled it everything down to is, you know, it goes back to the original statement that like my dad made: just do the best you can, and you'll you'll develop a skill that can take you on for the rest of, you know, rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for people to do, uh, because if you don't have a skill set, then you're only as relevant as the platform that exists, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't switch over to different platforms unless you have a skill that a lot of people don't have right. like a unique kind of, you know, um, perspective on, 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 on things like mm-hmm. in terms of like your work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
as the platforms change, like Instagram, I think these are all just tools to help you, um, you know, garner that that fan, uh, you know, your the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's really important to to make sure that you keep that relationship going on whatever platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can get into the conversation of like owning the 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 direct line of communication between you and the fans, right? Which some platforms do offer mm-hmm. you know like instagram for example they don't give you like the emails or phone numbers of the mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. support you the most right you know uh there are platforms like patreon that allow you to i believe um i believe their their whole thing is about like connecting you mm-hmm. directly with the fans and giving you you know certain types of information that like yeah allows you to maintain that relationship mm-hmm. yeah so that's tight so um what are some, I guess, just the lessons or even challenges that you've kind of faced? How long would you say you've kind of looked at um, the lifespan of your music career, like professionally? Like how long yeah. is that, would, would you say that looks like? Well, I'm 32 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some people that know this, some people don't. But I would say that, you know, well, what I was going to say was I, I'm i not really doing as much music these days. Mm. Actually, I've, I've, I'm pursuing um the tech world. So I've been doing that since when I turned 30. So, um, so before I turned 30, maybe for like two or three years, I just wasn't feeling YouTube anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I got tired of doing the same thing. Uh, it was, it was like, it was a grind that was too monotonous for me and it sucked the creativity out of my life. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of hating music. Um, just kind of a, a weird thing to say as a mm, musician. I get it. But it was yeah. my job. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was more of like a business guy more than an, an artist and a creator. I mean, I could still pump out songs and still be creative. Sure. But it just felt a little off. And, you know, at the age of 30, I felt that was a good time for me to kind of step out of that a little bit. Hmm. Um, so I stopped making YouTube videos, mm-hmm. like on the regular. And I decided to do something that I've always wanted to do in life, and that was pursue a t- uh, tech. Because I've always loved technology. I love social media. It's something that I understand pretty well. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's what I did. And I've been mm. doing that for a couple of years now. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. <laughs> I mean, and actually, that's actually a really cool thing that you're saying right now. Because yeah. um, so you, you, know, you said at the age of 30, you decided to kind of like take a – uh, an inventory check of your life is like, am I happy still doing this? Am mm-hmm. I about this? You know, and yeah. I'm sure it, it would have still worked if you had chosen to do it. I mean, I mean, that's why you were doing it for so long. Um, but I think it's really important uh, to be okay to step outside of what's kind of comfortable and what works to see like, is this like, is this making me happy? Am I really mm-hmm. still here? Um, and it's hard to break up your flow because by definition you're in flow it's already working um but then you know i think uh yeah to take your your yourself oh you know take a step back from yourself to look at it like even for myself with dance um you mentioned how you kind of started to not like music anymore and it's like that's weird you're a musician so that's Mm -hmm. like you know in some sense what defines you know you're supposed to like it exactly right like we, we have to we have no choice but i think that's not true at all you know i think um you know, whether it's music or dance or, or sports or whatever it is, that's something that's a part of you, but it's not defining who you are, that maybe the talent that you have and even a passion, um, you know, for myself too, like 
at 37, you know, my relationship with dance is very different. I still love it, you know, it, but it doesn't look the same that it did, you know, when I was like in college or, you know, mm-hmm. when I was really just going at it. Well, all I could think about was like, I want to dance today and, and I want to perform and make videos and yada, 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 practice. And um, I think as, you know, as we grow up and as just adulthood hits, like you start thinking about, um, you know, what you want to keep doing. Um, so I think, yeah, for you to step away and kind of look at um, like, what else am I good at? What am I into? What else can I really pour the same amount of focus, time and energy that I would have been putting into my music still? Where can I shift that to? And like, what are the realm? What what does the realm of possibility look like now that I'm kind of shifting gears into this other realm? Mm-hmm. And um, so, okay, so now in in that space though, so like you're focusing on tech, and you say you still you can crank out music, you know, because that's just a part of your DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're kind of shifting, um, and you you mentioned that uh, you you mentioned business, right? You you mentioned like, yo, I'm good at business, and uh, in like however you want to define that what what about business like the quote-unquote term business i think everyone says i'm an entrepreneur i do business and that just means all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. these days yeah for you what does that mean as far as um i'm interested on the business side and how do you apply that to the tech stuff and even music now yeah i think there's kind of a couple ways to approach businesses one um i want to build something for myself um and the other is i want to build something for others um, you know, I, I've always, so in, in, without getting too deep into what we're working on right now, um, I'm trying to build something that, uh, you know, fixes the problems that haven't been addressed in the past decade mm-hmm. in social media. And one of those things is that, you know, um, people, uh, so I'm going to say the word creator. And when mm-hmm. I say creator, it means everybody. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean a YouTuber or a, someone sure. with a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, yeah. I think anyone who's posted a video or a photo um on the internet is a creator Mm -hmm. so with that being said um when a creator posts something on instagram or facebook or snapchat um, this is a valuable piece of content Mm -hmm. and the reason why it's valuable is because it's monetizable Mm. because platforms like instagram facebook snapchat and twitter they do monetize everyone's content that they Mm -hmm. put up for free um, now because I'm a, you know, I, I've, I made a living, um, off of monetizing content. Um, I think everyone should feel the same way as I do because they are putting their content up. Mm-hmm. So the platform we're creating is a platform that democratizes monetization for all. Mm-hmm. So everyone gets a piece of whatever revenue is generated from uploading their content. Mm. So we're creating a platform for that. Whoa. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into like a pitch thing, but like, hey, <laughs> like I'm promoting your thing. But, um, <laughs> I'm down. but you know, I that's yeah. something that I've been frustrated with as a creator. Sure. Like even for you, like you 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 put all this work and energy and sometimes money into creating these, you know, uh, pieces of art mm-hmm. through your dance. Mm-hmm. And who's making the money when you post it on Instagram? Mm. Not me. Not you. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Yeah. Nobody is, mm-hmm. except for Instagram. Sure. Um, if they're making money, they should give a little bit of it to you too, mm-hmm. especially if you're generating some views. Right. So um, I think that's the right thing to do. And it's just like anything in life. Yeah. You know, you hire people um, 
and they get paid. Yeah. Right. Cause they're providing value. Yeah. Right. Unless you're like an intern or whatever, but that's a different story. Um, but with, with, with social media, it's, you know, I think everybody deserves a piece of the pie. So that's kind of what I'm fighting for right now. Mm. Um, it does feel like I'm starting over just like I, you know, when I first started music and going through those struggles mm -hmm. at, at the, the studio, um, I've had a lot of that, you know, in the mm. past couple of years and, you know, it, like you said, it, it comes down to whether you can, um, make it through the storm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. So. Um, this reminds me of a conversation that we had with David. So, um, mm -hmm. he was saying, um, you know, people get so discouraged and even scared and rattled when they, um, feel like, oh, I thought I had it figured out and I don't think I have it figured out anymore. And he was saying like, mm -hmm. duh, welcome to life. That's always going to happen. Like, yeah. when are we ever going to arrive to the place where we feel like, oh, I've gotten here. I don't have anywhere else to go and I'm good for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when you mentioned like, I feel like I'm starting all over again and it's, it's kind of scary, right? You know, yeah. but I think that's, what's great about, um, just the human spirit and our mind and the way that we're built, we're built to be resilient mm -hmm. and we're built to be, um, you know, creators, right? Like, yeah. like I believe God created us and he created us to be creators, like yeah. to be able to make art and to produce things and, and develop new things. And, and just, that's why things constantly like, yo, there's this new mm -hmm. thing and you're talking about this new thing. That's, that sounds exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's great, man. So, I mean, because I was also going to ask, like, you know, for yourself as you're developing and I'm seeing your development process. Um, and, and so I guess the concept of like side hustles, because, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm very interested in the concept of like, you know, business and entrepreneurship and all that. And I feel like every entrepreneur kind of has this mind of not just focusing on just one thing maybe focusing on one thing at a time but then like i'm not putting all my eggs into this basket because i want to move on to you know something else or whatever yeah so for yourself do you find um things such as tech or outside of tech that kind of inspire you that pique your interest and kind of point you in different directions um i outside of tech yeah for sure i mean i i love I think, we, I mean, we were talking about this before. Um, I, I mean, I love listening to podcasts mm -hmm. because it really expands my mind. Sure. Um, I listen to podcasts in the business, from a business perspective. Also, there's this one called uh, Radio Lab and Reply All. They cover different topics of just like random stories that happen to people. And I think the way that I approach life is everything is an opportunity for learning mm -hmm. and expanding your mind. Mm -hmm. And the more information you know, the better off you are as a human being, the more well-rounded you are, the more accepting you can be of, of different perspectives. And um, I think when you can understand the perspective on the other side, um, I think you can be of more of service. Yeah. And, I, and that's kind of something that um, I really value is, is being of service. If I can't be of service to people and provide value, then, you know, I feel pretty useless hmm. in this world. Um, I feel like there's no point in living if I can't do that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's like when you, when you help someone else, I know it sounds so cliche and, you know, very lovey-dovey, but I think when you can offer help to someone and you could see that it's helping them. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's like, oh, there's improvement being made even on a small scale in this world through me. Um, and, and that's what 
makes me want to do it even more and on a bigger scale. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that's pretty important to me. Dude, you know? I totally resonate with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Like as far as like purpose goes, right. I mean, every, no, no one should be defined by someone else's purpose. <clears throat> you got to find, you know, what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. And, um, I agree. Yeah. Like providing value by being of service. Like I totally agree. And even what we do artistically, you know, um, you know, we can't downplay the value of art because yeah. it resonates with everyone. I mean, people, you know, maybe like certain art forms better than others and, and certain things kind of hit home with others, whether it's music or dance or whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's, there's such a, not just the emotional connection that people can have with things like art, but like, um, life changing, like it opens up your mind in different ways. And, and like you mm-hmm. said, being, uh, able to understand a, a different perspective, um, just makes you relate to somebody on a human level just on, yeah. in, and I think art kind of in, in some ways kind of disarms people to mm-hmm. be like, okay, I, I think I, I'm, I'm able to kind of open my eyes to something and yeah. without you kind of preaching something down my throat mm-hmm. or whatever, like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for yourself now, like what is, what is like the future of David Choi look like in terms of where, where you see yourself, like maybe even in 10 years? I don't know. Um, I wish I knew, mm-hmm. but I also am afraid to know what's going to happen in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I think, you know, I, <clears throat> I think for the past year, this, this, this last year was actually very difficult for me. Mm. Um, it was, I was going through like, you know, a lot of like ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, just being, you know, this entrepreneur in this new space, sure. right. Uh, having to relearn everything, mm. meet new people that have been in the industry, um, and learning from them and, and just kind of navigating through this, this, you know, the waters in, in tech. And, um, I think this year it looks better. And the thing that I learned last year was, um, or at the end of la- last year, beginning of this year, it was to really just take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I look at the past, um, you know, my life in retrospect, there were a lot of these similar moments, but I made it out. I think knowing that I'm going to make it out, mm-hmm. um, eventually I'm, I, I've come to, to terms with that in my life. Hmm. If things crumble down, so be it. That's, yeah. that's just what's in the plan. Right. Right. Uh, but I know that I'm, you know, I'm a fighter and I'll, I'll get through things. Mm-hmm. And if I lose everything, I'll fight to get, get back up, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the type of person, um, I've kind of train myself to be yeah so it's more about accepting that in the circumstances that you're in now versus worrying about something that you can't even predict yeah you know i used to worry Mm. a lot um i think i've come to a place in my life where i don't really worry as much um and i believe there's a higher power that controls your destiny and you know um that really um, cares for you and in and if things don't work out now it's, you know, it's going to work out later. And mm. I've had too many of those times in my life that now it makes sense. You know, everybody goes through dark yeah. moments and depressed moments. Yeah. But can you get out of it? Um, how do you get out of it and get out of it as quick as you can to get, get to the next phase in your life? I think it's always going to be up and down in life. There's no, there's no just moving up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think, um, mm. You can learn from that. Uh, you know, it's, it's always 
those really dark moments where you learn the most about mm. yourself and your circumstance and um and it can only get better when, when i mean if you're, if you're at the bottom of the the hill the only way it'll go is you know back up right so um I don't know if that was a good analogy. Bro, do <laughs> you see me nodding along yeah, like this? Yeah. I'm like, bro, you're speaking yeah. literally things that I was like praying about this morning, like yeah. straight up, man. Like I, I feel you, dude. I yeah. freaking feel you. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Good stuff, though. Um, if we could, we want to get into a little bit of a lightning round with you. It's going to fire off sure. some questions, Let's do man. It. Um, so yeah, just quick, quick answers. Uh, you can elaborate or expand on anything if you want, but yeah. just try to fire off. So lightning round, three, two, one. What is your guilty pleasure? Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> I love Wiener I schnitzel, love, man. I love it. That's a great guilty pleasure, though. You know, by the way. I it's rarely meet great. people that say that they love it. Oh, my gosh. People, I, I grew up on it. I definitely grew too. up on it. I can eat a gang of those chili cheese dogs. Me, too. It's so, it's so crazy. Yeah. Good thing I'm vegetarian now. Um, <laughs> what is your most memorable performance? When I got heckled, <laughs> I don't know why that's my memorable performance because it happened only once. Okay, where yeah. what, where was it at? It was in uh, Michigan. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. Um, favorite place you've performed at? Ooh, that's a tough one. I love the crowds in Malaysia. Okay, Malaysia's tight. Yeah. What was your worst performance ever? The one in Michigan when I got heckled. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Dang heckler. Um, do you have a favorite artist of all time? That's a hard one. Yeah, I feel like Stevie Wonder. Hard... Stevie Wonder. Psh, solid, solid. Um, if music is done with your life, it's fully gone, what are you doing? Tech. Nice. Dream collab. It could be you with somebody or a company or you just want to see the, these things these two things come together and create amazingness yeah. Stevie Wonder but I'd probably be really shaky and nervous wow yeah. hey man anything's possible yeah. I believe stuff like that happens yeah. I've seen it all the time um, if you were to have a superpower what would it be I don't know fly fly yeah fly I, I've always wondered what it'd be like to be a bird <laughs> just like <laughs> just take off and just like go to another city just like that you know? i feel you man nice flying view would be freaking yeah. amazing i think i'd be scared flying though because i'm afraid of heights but i mean <laughs> the ability to do it would be tough. yeah um <clears throat> do you have any regrets no i don't dope dope yeah. um what's your biggest fear not being of value hmm yeah it's good um, less of, more of. What would you see, uh, or what would you want to see less of in the world, and also more of in the world? I'd like to see more open-mindedness, um, in people wanting to learn, open, openly, mm -hmm. um, with an open mind. Uh, what do I not want to see in the world? Uh, so less of, which uh, I want to see less closed-mindedness. Less closed-mindedness, <laughs> more open-minded yes yes it's just <laughs> the opposite <laughs> just the opposite that's good it's good um what is your golden rule like your life mantra that you live by um love people um respect people uh kind of like what your hat says respect all fear none mm. um you know that that is one of my life mantras as well sick um 
you just got to respect people and be of value to people. And I, I think, you know, life will be good mm. if you do that. That's really good, yeah. man. Um, dude, David, man, it's it's been really dope chatting with you. And I think yeah. one thing that I'm like getting from you is, uh, I mean, we, we obviously anybody that sits on this couch uh, is talented, right? I mean, like it, we're fortunate to have a pool of friends that are talented in various forms, whether it be music, dance, or just business, you know what I mean? Like, or, or what have you. There's so many, you know, different talents that we can all possess. But what I get from just talking with you, man, um, and I mean this in the best way possible, your story is nothing like spectacular of like, yo, you're just like really talented. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, like, who are you? It's just like, no, you're just a guy who knew what he wanted from a very young age and just relentlessly went for it mm -hmm. and figured out the ways of like, if this isn't going to work, then this is I'm going to try this and I'm going to keep pushing because I believe what I'm doing. And it's such an encouraging story because it's so tangible. It's so real, you know, and I think, yeah. um, you know, with what what we see around us every day and we see a bunch of like finished products and no one really knows how those finished products get there. And it almost looks easy. Mm -hmm. And and people feel like, oh, I'll, all I got to do is create a YouTube channel and throw my music up too. I'm going to get millions of views and, and make tons of money. And it's like, uh, you don't know like what kind of work and time that was put into even this person that you follow and that you admire so much, like how they even got there. Yeah. Um, that's such a thing that um, I wish people were... Uh, you know, people taught that more, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of what we do here, um, so much of learning, like, sure, you have to physically put in the work to get in a studio and learn some steps and practice in front of a mirror, you know, take, you know, vocal lessons to learn how to play your instruments, practicing. There's all that physical work that needs to be put in. But I think what um, may not exist so much is the, the mindset training, like mm -hmm. people having to hear someone's struggle or their story to be like whoa i wasn't even thinking on that level like yeah this person really put in that much time and or this person could have quit then but they didn't and then they chose to go in this route so like just talking to you man there's i'm just getting this sense of like i i can see your story and it's just like no wonder you know it's no wonder why you're in the place that you're at and even in this new space of tech and like you're trying to figure out this new world that's scary and discouraging and all at the same time but you said like if I fail, like I know me, I've what you said. The key thing that stuck out to me is I've trained myself to be able to rise up out of this because I've been there so many times before. Yeah, and um, I was just telling myself that this morning too. Like you know, I'm just be totally honest. I'm in a place where I feel like life's not all that like peaches and you know rainbows right now. It's just like it's it's kind of real, but. Yeah. I was reminding myself like, yo, you've been here before. You've been in worse places. Yeah. You know, you're going to get up out of it, you know. And when people say that time heals all things, I don't believe that. I feel like time well spent can heal all yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You know, so doing the things that are going to be healthy for you to um, get yourself back up on your feet in a healthy way, yeah. you know. And, and then also just trusting that like it takes time. So it's okay mm -hmm. if tomorrow you wake up and it's the same. Yeah. And the, even if the next day is the same. But eventually if you keep your habits up and you stick to your training, you'll get yourself out of it. And then at the end of that, you'll be even stronger than yeah, you once Five years in. later, you'll be looking back at this. Exactly. Saying, hey, that's look, look where I came yeah. in five years, you know. Yeah. That's always so, how life is. So it's real, man. Yeah. So, dude, man, I appreciate you coming on, dude. Um, is there anything like what's going on in your world right now? Anything uh, exciting that you want to tell the world about? I'm just focused on this tech thing. Yeah. Um, 
I'm focused on the tech thing. You know, I'm working with Ryan on, on the podcast stuff mm-hmm. and, um, that's, that's pretty much it right now. Sweet. Um, my side, hi- my side hustle right now is music, which is the way, <laughs> I, which is is the way I want it. That's right tight. Now. Yeah. That's the way I want that's it. Dope. And it feels, it feels good. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, where can people follow you? Like social media? And um, all that stuff? I got David, Twi- David Choi music on, um, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Sick. You yeah. got your website? Uh, DavidTroyMusic.com. Tight, tight. Yeah. Dude, man, thanks for coming on and chatting with us, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it was fun. Mike Fowl's usually here to plug all the, the, the goodies at the end, but I mean, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> we got a website, Kinjas.com slash podcast with a K. Follow us there if you're not on. Uh, Well, you must be following us somewhere if you're watching or listening to this. So uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify. Find us, Kinjas Podcast. Um, yeah, Kinjas.com at Kinjas. I'm really bad at this. Mike, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, y'all. Thank See you. See you guys next time. Peace, peace. Kinja Black.